Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Wishing you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Mark Spector for the next half hour for Horse Racing Alberta. Our province's horse racing and breeding industry has introduced new safety protocols with thorough vet checks, stricter rules, and tougher penalties employing Albertans caring for horses. Horse Racing Alberta will also have the Oilers Now injury report at about 125 at 135 today. The head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, our Oilers Now headliner today for Will beef jerky will be Jay Woodcroft. Uh, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Just before we go uh, back to the River Creek Resort Casino hotline, Castle Downs Dan says, oh my God, Spec, his forechecking regarding Jesse Pogliari has created some offense. Don't be so full of yourself. Does he belong in the first line? Not always, but he's earned opportunities compared to others from Castle Downs. Dan, now, some might say he hasn't converted on those opportunities. Mark wanted to jump back into the fray here because um, I'm sure Mark doesn't want to quote-unquote crap all over the kid. Again, he's just 22. Uh, so give me your thoughts. Uh, is, well, is, there, is there a shelf life to this? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm not sure. The shelf life should be spent getting ready for the first line, not on the first line, trying to prove that you should stay in the first line. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, like, this isn't me. You know, I get how the narrative goes. All those specs scrapping all over Jesse Bulliarby. I've just, we've watched this for so many years, prospects who get too much too soon, and it doesn't work. And that's what we're watching here. This is, could be a really good player. But, you know, Ken Holland has a good analogy about sending players to the AHL. And he says, let's send them to the AHL until they're ready to come up once and stay up and not have to yo-yo them back and forth all the time. And I feel the same way with Jesse Pugliarby. Might be a top-line player, but he's not yet. So leave him somewhere below that until he's ready to take that job and and keep that job. And right now we're at a yo-yo situation. He won't stay on the first line playing the way he's playing. And I don't think this is good for you send him back down to the third, fourth line. He's telling me how that's good for his confidence. Well, it's I, I was a little bit surprised how quickly he got moved up. I liked at times what was happening with him with Turris. We now know it was basically because of Pugliarvi, because frankly, I think it can be stated, Kyle Turris is 31. He's a veteran player. It's funny, Mark, 
I, I tend to be a little bit more patient with younger players, and frankly, my and I've had this kind of the one guy who got it was Matt Hendricks. He goes, "Stoff, I wish I wish you were around the team that I was playing when I was trying to break in it because it took me longer." But I have greater expectations out of a guy like Turris, who's a 31-year-old veteran, a three-time 20-goal no scorer. And no Paul Yarvey's case to me is a work in progress. And I don't know if it's you know what, like life doesn't work where it's one continuous upward. There's there's going to be some there's going to be some challenges along the way. Not everybody's Kyler Yamamoto, who, as you know, I campaigned to see brought up even earlier than he was. I mean, Kyler Yamamoto's been up. He's played a grand total of 38 games since being recalled last year, over the last two years, and he's got 35, uh, no, 33 points in those 38 games, and he's plus 24. Not everybody's Kyler Yamamoto. Like, Yamamoto's looking like a pretty decent... Mark, but I, here's my here's my spin on this. So I'm just going to throw you one thing I do like seeing. Since we have so many people in Toronto that love to read the body language of what's happening with Connor McDavid, one thing I am one thing I am seeing with McDavid is he's engaged with Poliarvi, and he's there's been a couple times where maybe there was a two on one and Poliarvi didn't finish the playoff, or Poliarvi made a good play on a strip, and you know McDavid hit the post against the Leafs, and you see McConnor acknowledge uh, Poliarvi and support Poliarvi. Now, Poliarvi is now with the same firm as McDavid. That's Wasserman. I think the fact that the, the two-year deal got done, Mark, at a $1.2 million base, that's a pretty inexpensive cost for the Oilers to work Pugliarvi in a lineup. I think that happens in part because of Jeff Jackson. Uh, and Jeff Jackson's an important player for the Oilers organization. By the way, he's got Evan Bouchard. Um, and, and so I like the fact that Pugliarvi, uh, it, it seems like McDavid's quite open uh, to this. And, I, and I'll take it one step further. We have people that text yesterday go, Bob, do you notice how much happier Leon Dreisaitl was when Dominic Cahoon scored than Yamamoto? And I'm like, no. Watch. And I'm like, so I watch it. It goes, yeah. He's, I go, I would say he's happier when Cahoon scores than when Leon scores. But I have not like, you know, and. And you talked about those two, those two big dogs, Spec. And when they're engaged and they want to see their line mates be successful, I think that bodes pretty well. Uh, hey, make no mistake. I do think Dryside would love to see Cahoon get an extension here. And he's certainly given him some opportunity. I don't think that he's any more happier for when Cahoon scores than when Yamamoto scores, because I think the guys really like what Yamamoto brings them. But I'd just like to get your thoughts on the level of engagement for those top two guys, because, by the way, they're 1-2 in the NHL in scoring. Yeah, and I don't think it has to be a comparison. Just because he's happy for Cahoon, who's taken a long time to score and is feeling some pressure, and you could tell Leon was dishing to him pretty steadily, trying to get him that first goal. It doesn't. I don't see how we have to bring. Well, how happy was he when Yamamoto scored into the thing? Like, I don't. To me, who cares? You know, Yamamoto's established. He scores a bunch of times. He's. It's different. You know, it's different. So that to, that's a like. Why are we creating a controversy? There doesn't need to be one. Uh, and I guess B. Listen, both those guys are the leader on the leaders on this team, and leaders, you know, help bring players along. They help. They they can spot when a Cahoon is struggling and needs an extra pass. And and I'm sure McDavid's thinking the same thing about Pulleyarvi. He'd love to get this guy's first goal and get the pressure off of him. And that's what leaders do. But I guess I'm going to say to you, if I'm the general manager and I'm building this team. I want a guy that can. I, I don't need McDavid to be a teacher. 
right? I want a guy that maximizes McDavid. And I'm not saying you got to go out and get a $7 million guy because that would be easy. Uh, but I, I, I get it. McDavid has it's good character. He's a leader. He's going to help Pugliarvi. He's going to teach Pugliarvi. I want McDavid getting 100 points, and I want a guy next to him that helps him get there. And if Pugliarvi can help him get there, great. And if you can't help him get there, I need someone else because McDavid is a valuable guy. Mark, uh, if Pugliarvi wasn't as engaged as he is in on the forecheck, if he wasn't playing in straight lines, he wouldn't be where he's at right now. That's part of the reason why he got that opportunity. That said, he's got to start converting some chances. It comes mm-hmm. with the territory. So. And it'll happen soon enough, maybe tonight. Uh, Mark, 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 says Brian, I'm not the biggest fan of JP, but he's shown so much growth from where he was before, and he's been better so far than anybody else they've tried there. He may not have scored yet, but uh, by playing the body and forechecking, he's creating some space for Connor. And, uh, I wonder whether or not at times there's not just they had, they gave Cassian a couple shifts because Winnipeg was leaning on Connor a bit in that second game in the third period. Uh, anyhow, it's, it, it's an interesting one i think that a lot of fans love they really want to see polyarvi be successful they do uh we had another texter mark say i would trade bouchard and bear for d'angelo that's what the texter said i would trade i wouldn't trade either guy straight up for d'angelo so two i mean you got bear at two million bucks and you got bouchard uh, team controlled on an entry-level deal i'm not doing that deal so there you go no no comment from this side. We'll give the final. We'll give the. We'll give the final word word here on text on Pulley to Oilers GM Bob. JP's first game against Winnipeg was his best NHL game. He needs to bring that same game every night. Since that game, he's been a little bit stagnant. It'll come eventually with experience. Well, let's let's hope that's the case. And uh, but I don't think it's going to be, you know always going up with him. I think there's going to be just like, you know what, Yamamoto had a real good first five or six games to start the year was a little quiet for a couple games and bounced back on a brilliant setup from Leon the other night. Mark, I do want to mm-hmm. talk uh, I, want to, I want to talk a bit about tourists um, because Gaetan Haas I thought looked pretty good in his game against Ottawa the other night for a guy who hadn't played in a month give me your thoughts on tourists visa uh, Gaetan Haas Well, listen we don't know what Haas's ceiling is. He's only played one season in the league. He was a fourth-line center last year, and, and uh, you know what? I, I don't see why a player can't improve upon his second year in the league. He gets more experience. Uh, I'm there. I'm not here to tell you Gaetan Haas can't become a third-line center in the National Hockey League. I, we're going to have to watch and find out. Uh, Turris is on the other side of his career, right? Turris had this third-line center job and hasn't been able to keep it. And that player doesn't tend to improve a great deal after the amount of time Turris been around. You know, Turris, he just got bought out by Nashville after a few seasons that they weren't happy with. So, um, he's not that expensive for the Oilers. We'll see, what are they paying him? 1.65, I think. Yes. He's getting $2 million a year from Nashville. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say here, Bob, is on one hand, you see, you look at a veteran like Turris and say, find your game. But I think he's been looking for his game for a long time and he hadn't found it. So, uh, I look at Haas and say, hey, you know, who knows where your ceiling is? We haven't found it yet. Tourists, I know what his ceiling is, and he can't find it, and that's a problem. Yeah. Well, again, what a difference a week makes because you wrote the piece on Taurus Berry and Cahoon and two of those three guys have taken a step forward. Some yeah. people some people would suggest uh, that you need that a 
player needs, Mark, two months with a new organization to get kind of settled in. Um, I, I would say I personally have greater expectation out of Terrace than what we're seeing right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking six game season. We don't have two months. Right, and, and I would have two months. And I'm saying the Oilers need more out of Turris for what they brought him in for in here to do. So take yep. it for what that, that's worth. And Haas, Haas and Nygaard, I'm going to circle back to those two guys. For a couple guys that got signed for nothing out of Europe, they didn't hurt you last year when you were on the ice. Like, those guys were okay when they were on the ice. The, the Oilers didn't get caved in. Maybe they were a little bit lucky. I'd have to do a deeper dive on the analytics. But the bottom line is they were combined minus one between the two of them. I actually think Nygaard's been fine when he's been in this year. They just don't play him more than eight or nine minutes. How do you yeah, think just – I'm not sure who Nygaard is or what he does. And that's you know, fair. I guess that's my question. He skates around real fast. And then what? Is he Is he a superior checker? I don't think so. Uh, is he producing offensively? No. Uh, you know, he's not hurting you, so that's okay. You know, he's not getting scored on every shift, so you got to applaud that. But I'm trying to figure out what Nygaard is. You know, he's just another fast guy. What do you think he is, Bob? What's his ceiling here? Is well, he going to score a bunch of points? Is he going to become Johan Garpenlov? Who's he going to be? <laughs> Johan Garpenlov. Uh, a fast guy who's not a minus that – doesn't kill you that might be able to kill penalties one day. I could handle that in the bottom six. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I I think your comment's complete. He hasn't played enough games. He's It's undetermined what he can do yet. The one thing he can do is skate. It took him some time to score over in Sweden, and he was playing middle six minutes. He wasn't playing as a fourth-line guy. He's not going to get the same. I, I do think that we might see him get back in the lineup here at some stage and maybe shortly. I kind of... They have five right shots, Mark, in their bottom six. Well, they've only got a bottom five tonight. I mean, Turris, Cassian, and Archibald are together. Archibald on the left side, and then and then Haas and uh, Haas and Chase on. That's five right right shots, and and I know we're going to see Neil again. And I have time for, uh, frankly, I have time for Nygaard. I kind of like to yeah. see him play a little bit more. I, I haven't minded him because, to me, he's in the right spots on the ice, and he can get to the right spots on the ice as well. He's just not a scorer at this level, and why would he be? It took him some time to become a scorer in Sweden. It's not going to happen overnight out of the gate here either. Uh, it's such a goofy season because there's so many guys that are on your roster that are ready and looking to play, right? It's a hard time to say, let's just give him 10 games and see how he does. Like, there's too many guys chomping at the bit. If you're not productive in the first four or five games, the coach wants to make a change. And, you know, the Oilers have a bunch of guys here that are, you know, Jujar Karas. Whenever he gets in, he ends up getting back out. You know, Zach Cassian hasn't been consistent this year. Uh, I mean, poor James Neal, he scores two goals, he's out of the lineup. That's a little tough. Uh, you know, you got a, a, a $2.5 million player in Alex Chason, who's effective in the power play, and he's on the outside looking in a lot of the time. There's not a lot of room, right? I guess that's what I'm saying. When you're Joachim Nygaard, you got to get in and you got to do something quick. You don't get 10 games anymore to make an impact. There's too many guys waiting in line, Bob. Yeah, and he only plays uh, 10 minutes a game. I'll say this about Cassian. 
They're going to need him on Saturday. They're playing, I mean, and they might need him tonight because I could see Ottawa dialing up the physicality. They don't have Shabbat going. Uh, it's now Hogberg, not Holberg. Uh, but, I mean, you look at the Senators' lineup, they've got some tough, and I, and I wonder whether or not they're going to try to lean on the Oilers a bit. But Zach is a big part of the Battle of Alberta, and that's going to be more tailor-made for his game, Mark. Yeah, but you can't sit around waiting to play Calgary before you become the player that they're paying you to be. Like, they only play Calgary 10 times out of 56 games. What are you doing the other 46, you know? We know that that Cassian's effective when the other team's mad at him, right? He's got, you know, just like Matt Kachuk. And I haven't seen him anybody get mad at Zach Cassian yet this season. Have you? Teams are coming in and playing the orders quiet, Mark. That's part of the thing. Well, they're not in there, right? And you could say, hey, he's got. I, I would argue with Zach. Like, I don't think he had a great first five games of the year. I actually haven't minded his last three or four games. And Neil Cassian and Turris are at around around a, about a fifty-two percent shot share here over the last three or four games. They haven't they they haven't been bleeding the way Turris's line was bleeding before. So I, I you know what in Cassian's case, like here's the thing, he was a surprise against San Jose in the playoffs in 2017. He'd be the first to tell you he needed to find a way to make more of an impact against Chicago. But to me, it's so 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 far this season. I'm not. I'm like. I, I mean that. I don't think he's been a disappointment this year. I think you know maybe a little quiet start early, but the games have been quiet. Like Mark, here's a stat for you. You know how many fights the Oilers have been in since the start of the year? How many? None. None. They had a fight you know, yet? They have not. They're the only team in the uh, Canadian division that hasn't had a scrap. I think that's changing. Uh, no later than by the end of Saturday night's game, somebody's going to get in a dust up. Well, but how, I mean, that to me tells me that if Zach Cassian is one of the guys who generally gets in one of those fights, uh, he's too quiet. You know, I, I, this isn't me saying that it's all about fighting. It's not all about fighting. It's about Zach Cassian, you know, getting in the forecheck and, and pounding people and standing over a goalie and, you know, getting in people's face with a glove after a whistle and, and making an impact. The fights will find him. If he plays that way, a fight will find Zach Cassian. I don't need him jumping the boards and dropping the gloves right now. Yeah. I need him making an impact. That he, he's not making an impact in the score sheet. Make an impact somewhere else. And Craig McTavish used to say, do something, right? Make me put you in the lineup every night because you do something well. And Craig, had a, Craig, had a lo- Craig had a lot of time for his third and fourth liners. Always had real good yeah, third and well, fourth lines. I don't see what Cassian's doing that's, at this point. Like I, Again, if he's not scoring, he's a third-line guy. It's going to come and go. But he can bring intensity and physical play every night, and he's not bringing it on nearly enough nights. Okay. Well, that's the beauty of the show. We don't have to 100% agree on stuff. One, uh, I, I do agree with you on tourists. They need more on tourists. I'm glad to see Barry's turn the corner. Cahoon's an intriguing guy for me to watch the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll see on the progression of growth of Paul Yarby. We went the whole segment without talking about goaltending and really about the defensive play. Uh, <laughs> Smith, Smith, Smith's close to a return. And uh, that's going to provide a little bit different look defensively as well because he, he can move the puck. I know maybe at this stage, Koskinen might be the better goalie, but there's no question who moves the puck better. And at times, I think the part of the Oilers' challenges have been teams have been chipping and dumping the puck deep against Edmonton's D and forcing them to make plays. And I, I, I genuinely believe Smith will help the team in that regard. Yeah, always does. Always does. In the end... You know, I've always said this about any goalies. I don't care how well you move the puck if you're not stopping the puck. 
you're a goalie, not a defenseman. But when Mike Smith is playing well and stopping the puck and getting back and handling the dump ins, he becomes a very valuable goalie. But it can't be about handling the puck. He's a goalie, Bob, right? He's a goalie. It's got to be about stopping the puck. And yep. if he can stop it well enough, now Koskinen's a much better goalie because we all know Koskinen's MO is, you know, the more he plays, the, the less effective he is. So they he's need to not get back the only he, He's not he's the not only, only guy like that. Lots of guys yeah, are like yeah. that, Bob. Absolutely. Lots of guys. And <laughs> you want Koskinen at his best, and the only way to get him there is to get Smith at his best. Mark, final word uh, on a response to Team Dean. Says, has Speck not noticed the garbage the refs have been calling? Calling Cassian doesn't want to uh, spend the entire night in the box. Uh, the garbage that they're calling are, are stick fouls, right? Reaching in on the hands, holding. You know, I'm not seeing a lot of cheap penalties on good, solid, hard body checks. Am I missing something, Bob? What do you see? Uh, well, the one game against the Leafs, the Oilers benefited. They got more power plays than Toronto. That, that was, I felt bad for Kerfoot. Like, he got three in a row there, and I'm like, wow. Could you imagine? Like, if, if Darian Hatcher and Richard Mavdicek would have been watching oh that God. game, they would have had six penalties a shift. So. They would have had six penalties just watching it from their coach. But, uh, you know, I don't. Every player has to – listen, something's going on in Stephen Walkham's office, man. There, the, the word, When I see Mark Jonette making those ticky-tack little calls, I, the guy that never calls anything, I'm saying, okay, something's coming from New York here. But, uh, but I don't see how that affects Zach Cassian getting in and, and hitting people and playing sure. a physical game. I don't see it. Mark, thanks for your stuff, man. Hey, going to be a good one tonight. Thanks, Bobby. Let's get after it. That's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing in Alberta, our province's horse racing and breeding industry, has introduced new safety protocols. Vet checks, stricter rules, tougher penalties, employing Albertans caring for our horses, horse racing in Alberta. Do you want to mention, uh, there's an old saying, cars cost less than a task one, but outstanding customer service is key to business as well. They do a great job hooking you up. Uncle Milt and me are a little bit old school, so we need Johnny to help us put together, like, the phone that goes through to your vehicle. What do they call that? Uh, you know what that is. Anyways, they can take care of all that kind of stuff, too. At Brent Ridge Ford, uh, where they can lend a hand, you can reach them at one 877 hands-free. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That's it, yes. Or visit BrentRidge.com. Back with our Oilers Now Injury Report with Brendan Escott when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 128 in Edmonton, straight off to the orders now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. 
If accidents do happen, reach them at jameshbrown.com. Back in the 630 Chad Studios, big part of the show, Brendan Escott. All right, Ethan Bear considered day-to-day after taking that puck uh, while sitting on the bench. Uh, Mike Smith getting closer, but still not quite available uh, for the team. It sounds like he's skating on his own now. Ottawa's stud defenseman, uh, Thomas Shabbat, uh, questionable for, no, he's out tonight now officially uh, with an undisclosed injuries. He's on the ice uh, again, but not with the big group. He's day-to-day. Big one from around the league, Bob. It's Nathan McKinnon now listed week-to-week with a lower body injury suffered against Minnesota. And there's a couple teams in the U.S. going just through a war of attrition. New Jersey, for example, 10 players right now on the COVID list. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough situation. There's no question about that. Colorado's also had some uh, manpower loss. Uh, they're running out of some bodies there. And Buffalo played New Jersey back-to-back games, and the league's being very careful on that front. Again, that's our injury report for James H. Brown. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update. And uh, for the first time uh, during the season, we'll hook up with Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.